Hello and welcome to Langley Vineyard's youth podcast. We are now six or seven weeks in the quarantine. At this point, I'm not even totally sure. Um, but I am joined with uh, two guests um, today. One who's going to help me uh, MC and uh, run the podcast. He's no stranger to our youth or, in fact, to our LEV youth podcast. Our co-host for today is Dan McCready. Dan, how are you? I'm good, Chris. I'm good. Um Feeling the stresses of quarantine, but getting there. Yep. Are we week week six or seven? Do you know? Uh, I'm as lost as you are with that, Chris. We'll say six. I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, Dan, you're going to help us get to know our guests and introduce our guests. So over to you. Yeah. Um. So we have uh, for today, uh, Susie Aiken with us. Uh, hi, Susie. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um. So. Just to get uh, to know you a bit more, we have a few um, quickfire questions. And if anyone was listening to Andy's sermon on Sunday, they may sound familiar. Um, Susie, first one, new or old? Um, old. Which would you want to keep more, smell or taste? Oh, definitely taste. Um, would you rather breathe underwater or be able to fly? Um, I definitely would like to be able to fly. Yeah, fly. Yeah. Uh, would you rather um, be home or away? Would you rather stay at home or would you rather be, be living away somewhere? Um, I would rather be living away somewhere nice and warm. Uh, and would you rather crisps or chocolate? Um, crisps. crisps. There are some solid answers there, Susie. Easy. Um, <laughs> um, just for the guys who maybe haven't seen you about, well, they've, they've all seen you about, but maybe the guys who don't know you as, as well, um, in youth. Um, would you like to just introduce yourself um, a wee bit more to them, Susie? Yes. Um, so I'm Susie and I'm an English teacher and I have been part of the LVV community for about four years. Um, and I currently serve as part of the Healing on the Streets ministry, also known as HOTS. Um, and just to give you a bit of background, last year I took six months out to do a training program in Hawaii. Uh, with YWAM and I was part of a specific course called Fire and Fragrance and the heart of this school um, really is to see a generation become wholehearted disciples of Jesus who are fascinated with the Bible, pray with unshakable faith, demonstrate the miraculous and and share the gospel. Um, So after about three months of lectures and classes I then went on outreach to Paraguay for three months with 10 others um, to bring the gospel to indigenous tribes, uh, tell people about Jesus and minister to them. And as a team, we saw around 1,500 uh, people give their lives to Jesus and hundreds physically healed. But um, I learned that it's never about statistics and it's about simply loving the person in front of you. Um, and I just really learned that intimacy with Jesus should be my greatest priority, not just all the things that I can do for him. And sometimes my priority has been, you know, how can I be effective for the kingdom? But forgetting about Jesus himself, everything I do for him, praying for people, serving others, etc. All of these are just byproducts of knowing the man, Jesus. Yeah, um, I did uh, a similar course and I think we uh, left on the same day, Susie. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I went to England for mine and then found out Susie was going to Hawaii and, and doing it right and got a wee bit jealous. Um, but we would have kept in contact um, every few months just seeing how each other was and how we were getting on and what we were getting out of. Um, out you of drew the short straw going to England. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we would have kept, kept in contact and it always amazed me because we would have asked each other what we were learning and... Uh, I would have come up with these things and then Susie would say, oh, I'm, I'm just getting so much closer to Jesus. And um, it kept it kept me th- making sure that, that I was, you know, getting close to Jesus was really the main thing from that time. Um, so thank you, Susie. Um, first question I have for you, Susie, I guess leading on um, from that is, what was your first real encounter with the Holy Spirit? Um, was there like one standout moment that, that introduced you to the Holy Spirit and and what was your early journey with the Holy Spirit? What did that look like? Uh, So I've always kind of grown up having friendship with the Holy Spirit um, where spiritual gifts have always been so normal to me. Um, I think when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's not about being weird or wacky. And for me, often the character building times in my life have been... um, when I when I haven't seen those crazy things happening with the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll share a time when I felt led by the Holy Spirit, but before I do, I just want to say that in in life, um, you know, to anyone who's listening, I think in life when you feel when you feel prompted or a stirring in your heart from the Holy Spirit, act on it. Every good thought comes from above and the devil will never put a kind or generous thought in your mind. So if you have this stirring to go and encourage someone or share a picture you feel you got from the Lord and you're like 60% sure, 40% really not sure it's from God, go on that 60. Um, We've nothing to lose and maybe just our pride um, and that person's going to feel encouraged regardless. So anyway, um, in Hawaii, I was out on the streets with some friends one evening and I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Please reveal to me, you know, who you want me to minister to or if there's anything you want to do here. And I got a picture of uh, someone in a T-shirt that was the colour, the, the T-shirt was this colour of um, of like a purple frutella, like it was such a specific colour. And I started looking around for anyone in, in this colour and eventually I saw a man who looked, he looked quite dishevelled and I see him talking to a couple and it looks like he's homeless and perhaps asking for money. I remember saying, God, I need to know what to say to this man. Um, I heard nothing. So I took the risk anyway and went. And as soon as I reached the man and said hello, the words of knowledge just sort of came from the Lord. And what I heard was um, he is a man full of integrity, humility. He had a business, but it failed. And he's here in Kona, Hawaii to start again. And when I said this to him, the man just looked at me and he started crying. Um, He then began telling me how he had a business that failed. And that's why he's here in in Kona to start a coffee business. Um, He has a relationship with Jesus. And he said he'd like me to pray for him. And when when I prayed, the Holy Spirit just touched him so beautifully in that moment. And he said he could just feel this heat moving all through his body. He actually said, I need to to take my jacket off here. but you see, before before I approached the man, I wanted to know what to say. 
Um, but we can't always let our controlling nature hinder the Holy Spirit. And unless you try, you'll never really know. Um, I've also got it wrong many times. One day I was walking into town in Kona with a few friends and we passed a doctor's practice and I felt a prompting, so I acted on it. I went inside and I asked if anyone would like prayer. I started to share about Jesus and how he can heal the sick. And everyone just stared at me as if I had two heads. Even the receptionist looked absolutely horrified at what I was saying. Um, nothing happened. Nobody was healed. Nobody responded. And I left feeling just quite humiliated, a bit embarrassed. Um, but in that moment, I think God was really testing my obedience. And in my personal journey with Jesus, the more I step out and the more I act on those nudges, that I feel from the Holy Spirit, the more I, I recognize God's voice. Uh, and this can happen to you as well. Um, I think sometimes we have these preconceived ideas about how something is going to turn out. Great. Yeah. Um, as you talk about that, I uh, I think of a time in, um, in church, I, I looked over at a gentleman in one of the Jericho nights and um, just felt God sort of saying, uh, to go over and talk to him. I went over and talked to him and asked him how he was feeling. Like, was he, um, was he perhaps upset or um, like, having, like, was life just dying at the minute? And like, he turned mm -hmm. around and he was like, no, life's the best it's ever been. I just <laughs> sat there and I was like, okay, well, I don't know what to say now. Um, and like, it's so easy for us, I guess, to say that that's, you know, a failure. Um but actually, like me and him then just had a bit of a laugh about it um, and sat and had a conversation. And, um, you know, even just that, like it led into a conversation. It led into me having a conversation with somebody I'd, I'd never um, had a conversation with in church before. Um, yeah. And actually, I took two things away from that. Would, and the main one was, you know, what a, a safe environment church <laughs> is, especially like in Bali, of having risk and, and and having a go and trying and how gracious um people are in our community um for <laughs> for people having a go so especially as um as the youth of our church you know the joy that it would bring our church to see people stepping out in in risk um <laughs> and the grace that uh, our community has um for for that you know yeah. um and I think yeah. it's okay as well, you know, that if we if we get it wrong, because God, He's so He's so gracious and He's so good. He'll we have to believe that He'll always cover our backs as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes if we think a picture or a word is actually quite strange, you know, we'll never know unless we try. I mean, near the end of my time at YWAM, I was out doing some street ministry with my team, and I I said, Holy Spirit, come, and I got this weird impression of two bunches of grapes, and one. One had seeds, one was seedless. And at first I sort of thought of that Bible verse, oh, Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. But I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, what, what, is, what is your interpretation of this? And I felt um, the Lord was saying, there's someone here who had a seed sown in them years ago, but I want to reconcile that relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, I, I see what looks like a tour group of about 40 people at the other side of the park. So I, I grabbed one of the Spanish translators with us at the time and started sharing about Jesus uh, to this group. 
And when I finished speaking, the people just started dispersing. And I felt so confused and a bit frustrated. I remember thinking, you know, Jesus, my motives, my heart are pure. Why is no one responding? What's happening? And there's this one woman who was just lingering around at the end, just crying. And she said she wasn't meant to be here today. She said she was on a bus and she felt that she should get off and walk through this park. And as she was about to leave the park, she said she could see me um, sharing the gospel. And she said something in her started to stir and pull her towards um, towards me. And she said, she said these words, I feel like Jesus wants to reconcile a relationship with me today. And mm. as soon as I started to tell her about this strange picture I got about the grapes and what it meant, she just wept. And she couldn't believe that God would actually speak through you know, someone like me just to get to her. And we, yeah. we, we spoke life and we spoke identity over her and, and got her connected with the church. But I think if anything, this encounter showed me just how much Jesus cares about the one. And it showed me what's, what's at the other side of our obedience. See, I had this preconceived mm. idea that God wanted to do something with that tour group, but he just wanted to minister to that one person because he's so relational and he's so personal. Um, so yeah, I think when you say about risk, it's, we, we have to, we have to step out and we have to take that risk. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, CJ, I love that you included a, a story that is like, it, it's beautiful. It's, it's evidence of like what happens when we lean into risk and God shows up. And then you also share the story of where it feels like it falls flat in its face a little bit. And for, like, for a lot of us, that's our, our journey, I feel. And for, I know for so many people and so many young people who I talk to, when it comes to things like the prophetic or even feeling like God's leading them somewhere, it's kind of the fear of getting it wrong is what holds them back so often. And um, we're going to kind of go off a little bit off script here a little bit, but I think to be honest, it's kind of the Holy Spirit leading us. But I just think this, this idea of risk and leaning in is like so, so important. And I think it's really easy to look at people um, who we see on Sunday mornings, like ministering from the, from a stage and be like, oh, they like they just know how to do it. Like it's just for them. They smash it all the time. And and the truth is, is that that's not, that's not true at all. And some of those guys who minister to stage are my friends. And I know some of their stories that, um, that don't end so well, you know, that are probably more humorous, but we, we want to run with it that we believe everyone gets to play. And that starts from young people until, um, right until the oldest in our community as well. And like I had at a moment, we were doing 24 seven prayer at stage or post church. And we were praying with some young people last week, and um, I got a picture of someone who isn't part of our community, who I'm friends with, but not super good friends with. And it was a really weird, like, image I couldn't shake of him holding a grey painting, like super random. Like, how does God move through that? And uh, I texted him that night in the middle of the night, being like, "Hey, I feel like God's speaking to me about you. Uh, can I call you tomorrow and tell you?" And it sounded so ridiculous to me that I put it off for like five days calling him. And then I eventually called him there like two days ago and told him, hey, I've got this really weird picture of you holding a grey painting. And he put his hands up. We were on FaceTime, put his hands up and was like, and he had grey paint on his hands. He's like, I've just finished painting a grey fence. Mm-hmm. Like, and we ended up opening up a conversation that um, that I felt like God was sharing and that he was sharing. And um, like, what held me back there was like the fear of probably looking more stupid or silly or the fear of getting it wrong. And the truth is that God doesn't really want results from us. He just kind of wants our obedience and to show up through that. Um, so I think you, you articulated that beautifully and Dan as well. 
Um, Susie, your kind of experience around this, um, we obviously know you as a friend in terms of what you're, you're passionate about. You've mentioned already HOTS as well, but how has um, those experiences helped kind of shape your heart for mission and evangelism? Um, yeah, well, like like I said earlier, I'm part of the HOTS team, and I think this is such a gentle, compassionate ministry where we get the privilege to pray with people on the streets of Lisbon, uh, see them healed, set free, and accept Jesus as Lord of their lives. And you don't have to be at the other side of the world um, to, to join in and, and partner with what Jesus is already doing. Um, and we've seen him do some of the most amazing, beautiful um, miracles um, in Lisbon, which has been which has been so encouraging to see. And I do this and I'm part of this ministry because Jesus simply said, and he commissioned us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with skin diseases and cast out demons, whether we feel equipped to or not. Um, in terms of mission, I believe I believe God has designed each of us so intricately with unique attributes and giftings. And, you know, maybe the very thing maybe the very thing you're interested in or good at is how God wants you to minister to people. So I'm a teacher, but I can't just start, you know, sharing the gospel in class or laying hands on those who are sick. I'd most likely get reported and lose my job, but I can shift the atmosphere in my room or the staff room as I have the Holy Spirit living inside me. And I can be Jesus to my pupils and colleagues without shoving words down their throat and the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work. He's the one who goes ahead and softens people's hearts, stirs hearts. And my greatest advice would be to take the risk when you feel even the slightest stirring. It still makes me nervous when I feel a prompting, you know, to actually go and pray for a teacher or step out of my comfort zone to do something. But I'm learning to walk against that fear of man um, because God didn't call us to, to a life of comfort. He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross. He didn't say, give me your heart and hold back your life. So I think sometimes we all have to be prepared to look like a fool and get it wrong. And I often do. And the enemy will try everything to throw us off. He will attack our identity, make us frustrated with God. And he does know our weak spots. But when we meet Jesus face to face one day and he and he looks um, and he looks at us in the eyes, you know, I don't want to regret not stepping out of my comfort zone um, or looking like a fool for, for his sake. Um, so, yeah, I think God has placed everyone and in, in unique situations and unique friendship groups where you can reach the people around you best. Yeah, I love that. That it's not just, you know, we have the, the spiritual, um, the Holy Spirit just to do things in uh, in organized ministries but actually we have it um him with us for for who lies in the most mundane um mundane tasks and um that that he will use us anywhere you know i love that um what would you say susie is is the point of spiritual ministries what would you say the, the purpose of of those are um and and what's the reason that that we should be involved in in those um, I think what I love about spiritual ministries like HOTS is that we're bringing God's kingdom to earth and we're fulfilling his agenda. Uh, we therefore, we act as God's hands, his feet, his mouthpiece. 
we are the channels and the conduits, we're not the source. So there's never any pressure to perform. Um, being involved in spiritual ministries has nothing to do with maturity, deservedness, who reads the Bible more. You know, God's the creator of the universe. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He doesn't actually need us, but he wants to. Um, he wants to use us and he chooses to use us to use us as his vessels. And while spiritual ministries are important, how we individually pursue Jesus and share about him through our actions is just as important, I think. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I guess, went through a bit of a journey of um, the spiritual gifts and spiritual ministries. Um, probably in my late teens, um, and during it, read a book by Mike Pilavansky, um, Everyday mm-hmm. Supernatural. And in it, he sort of he's talking about, you know, what's what's the reason why we do these spiritual gifts and, and spiritual ministries? And um, he spoke about how um, when Moses asked to see the glory of God, that it wasn't the power of God that he was shown, but the goodness of God. And so um, these spiritual gifts and spiritual ministries um, and, the, and the supernatural is all to show off the goodness of God. Um which for me was was great in that, as you say, it, it relieves the pressure um, off us to perform because actually all that we are doing is to try and show the goodness of God um, through these supernatural things. Um, yeah. I don't know what your experience of that is, Susie, or what your thoughts around that are. Um, yeah, I think well, I think the supernatural, you know, is based on it's based on truth and not not our feelings. So. I think some mornings um, when I wake up on a Saturday to go out um, with hops, I sometimes don't feel like going, but it's mm. never actually about me or about how I feel because Jesus is the one, you know, who's out there. He's already, you know, moving and he's on the streets and we're just joining in with, with what he's doing. So, yeah, there's never, I love that there's never actually any pressure um, mm. because it's not us doing the healing it's always it's always the holy spirit i mean i think susie i would be pretty encouraged if i seen a lot of our teenagers uh jumping in and joining in with healing the streets when we get the other side of this um pandemic i think it would be a, a pretty incredible thing to to see and for them to jump in and join in and being part to do that um but obviously we find ourselves right now in a very very unique time and um we we let her, even if we wanted to and felt led to we can't lay hands on someone and pray for them or um, intercede in them but um, there are ways around that and we know that the Holy Spirit isn't uh, confined to um, to anything at all and and so we get to join in with Him um, regardless of what's happening around the world and so I guess my question would be um, to kind of help us come into land a little bit would be for our listeners and young people right now um, how can they really practically make space for the Holy Spirit in lockdown? How should they view lockdown as an opportunity to engage with that? And what would generally be your uh, your thoughts around that? Well, we all have more time in lockdown. And I mean, what are we filling that time with? Um, the strategy, I think, of Satan is not always to get us into some sort of evil, but actually just waste our time. And I'm using this time to develop new rhythms of listening to the Holy Spirit and enjoying the presence of Jesus. Um, I'm learning to sit quietly in his presence and 
not do all the talking and, and, and hear his voice and listen to what he's saying. Um, I think Jesus, he's always pursuing us and he's longing for us to come away with him and be immersed in his presence. And I think we should use this time to refresh, you know, rejuvenate and, and return to our first love. And I was reading Psalm 91 and it says that those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And this shadow is not just a place to pass through, but find rest and dwell in his presence, to stay a while, not just visit, but actually abide. And it's in this secret place that we find refreshment. Um, so my advice would be, don't let, the, don't let the clock determine the time you spend with Jesus. Don't be legalistic about it. And remember, the end goal is always relationship with him. And can I just encourage you um, to take more risks? Maybe pray for a friend over the phone or on Zoom and look for ways to encourage and minister to your family. I know this might feel a bit awkward or strange, um, but remember, you know, God didn't say to us, settle for a life of comfort. Um, but I just want to encourage you to live each day seeking Jesus. And he will begin to reveal mysteries and secrets to you. Amazing. Uh, probably pretty fitting that we're um, talking about the Holy Spirit and our kind of journey around that. Um, we haven't done this before in the podcast, but we totally believe that um, it is possible, just as you had said. But Susie, would you uh, mind praying for our listeners right now that they um, could be filled with the Holy Spirit, experience the Holy Spirit and be led by him? Would Absolutely, you be up for that? yes. So yeah, anyone who's listening right now, um, why don't you just put your hands out, posture yourself um, in a position where you can just pause. And if you want to close your eyes or put your hand on your heart, I'm just going to pray. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come right now? May you be submerged and saturated with the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So Jesus, I just invite you right now to come and interrupt us. Would you cause a hunger to rise up within us? And I feel Jesus um, is saying to individuals right now, come away, my beloved. Come and spend time with me and get to know me more. And I pray that this is a season of sitting at the feet of Jesus and falling more in love with him. So Holy Spirit, would you stir in people's hearts and come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Susie had mentioned uh, in one of her stories about um, asking in, in prayer this question um, of, you know, what, what would you have me do? Um, and there's a question that we ask all the time in Lion Valley Vineyard, and it's, um, Father, what do you see and what do you say? Um, and I would just encourage uh, each person listening to ask that question now is, just as we remain in, in prayer, you know, Father, what do you see and what do you say? Um, and just give 
this purchase room um, to speak to you uh, personally. Um, and as Susie had talked about in different stories, that um, there could be an image come to your head, um, there could be an idea come to your head, um, an idea of something that you um, want to do, there could be a verse or a phrase come to your mind. Um, and even just as we all just sit for even 30 seconds, and, and let's just listen out for the voice of God to what he would say to us specifically. Okay, guys, so we hope that um, you got something out of even that 30 seconds, but we hope that you got something out of um, that podcast with uh, Susie. Susie, thank you so much for um, joining us and for being with us this week. We hope you no, enjoyed that. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Um, and guys, feel free to keep in contact with uh, the Instagram page as devotionals uh, continue to go out um, and catch up with House Party if you are House Party age. Uh, this coming Sunday um, Chris is there anything else the guys need to know about this week no I think you covered it Dan thank you for uh, co-hosting and Susie thank you that was honestly phenomenal and I know that regrets so many people so no problem at all you. thanks for having me amazing thanks guys we'll catch you next podcast